Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today on the podcast, we have... Ellie. Yes, Ellie Holcomb. But first, let's tell you about the sponsor for this much, which is... Pepperdine. Yes, Harbor 2020, the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. If you've never been to this event, or if you have... Let me personally invite you to join me back at one of the, my favorite events of the year. It's got some great speakers, James K.A. Smith, Suzanne Staville, Richard Beck, Sean Palmer, Fade Haygood, Rick Ashley, Chris Seidman, Sarah Barton, and plenty of others who are going to be there. It's obviously great speakers, a great location, uh, great time of year, great weather, but most of all, it is a great group of people who are gathering together uh, to hear some really good news and to be reminded of the kind of people that we were called and created to be, and that's exactly what we're talking about this year at Pepperdine Bible Lecture 2020 Harbor. So be there, join me. It is, you know when it is, Adeline? What? Do you know what time, when the Pepperdine Bible Eight. Lecture? It's May Oh, yeah, May 5th through the 8th. So May 5th through the 8th. Check the link in the show notes for where you can go ahead and register right now. But what you're going to listen to right now is our friend. Who is it? Ellie. Ellie Holcomb. Now, uh, we just got back, Adeline. Uh, we just got back from a quick day trip up to Dallas. Spent a lot of time in the car. And what did you want us to listen to incessantly over and over again? Ellie. Yes, her new EP. And what were you reading literally in the car while you were listening to Ellie sing? Her book. Yeah, what did you think of her children's book? Good. It was good. What was your favorite part about it? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot that you... But you've been all about Ellie. What, what, is, what do you love so much about Ellie? Her music and her book that makes you want to listen to it and read it all the time. I don't know. You don't know. It's just great. So you should check it out. You're going to love the podcast. Terrible piece of news to share with you, though. There was some bad Wi-Fi at uh, Calvin College where she recorded the podcast. So it cuts out just a little bit, and there's ah, it's it's terrible. If you're upset about it like me, send uh, write a letter to Calvin College and say, "Hey guys, step up your game, get better Wi-Fi, so this doesn't happen again." But uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna subtract from an overall great podcast, which I think you're gonna like. And uh, you know who they're gonna really like a lot, Adeline. Ellie. Yes. So get ready for some Ellie Holcomb. Awesome. Check out uh, her new EP. Isn't she a, um, a UT fam? Because why? Like her last name's meant to be a UT fam. Why is that? Because it's Hookem Horns. Hookem Horns. Ellie Hookem Horns. Holcomb. I, she should be. If, if not, she needs to remedy that and join the Burnt Orange family. Uh, so here we go. Ellie Hookem Horns Holcomb on the podcast right now get into it yes all right friends welcome back to the show and as you might have heard today on the podcast we have rapper ellie holcomb <laughs> welcome to the show <laughs> oh my gosh it's really great to be here the one yes. time i tried to rap publicly it was a huge fail i tried to freestyle what? rap and it was awful it didn't go well no i was in kurdistan <laughs> What, what makes to... one decide? <laughs> why why does one decide to freestyle in Kurdistan? Well, Kurdistan, Kurdistan. I was in. I was on a missions trip, and we basically would go uh, into parks and play concerts. I was like a part of a band in high school, and then people would ask us why we came, and we would say, "We want to tell you that God loves you." So we partnered with Canvas Crusade. It was awesome. But the guys, I was the only girl in the band, and the guys every single time. That like they would have this section where it was like that, you know, anyway, it was just they freestyle rapped, but they never asked me if I wanted to. And so I just like planned my first line and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to bust up in here and I'm going to like show them that girls can freestyle rap too. And then Mm -hmm. all I got was my first line. Do you do you still recall what that first line was? Yeah, I was like, uh Of course, it was like one of my most embarrassing moments ever. There were like thousands of people, and it was really bad. It was really bad. Okay, so I, I won't ask you again to tell me what the line is, but I'm very curious as to, did that line ever make it into any other song? No, never, and it, and I can okay. tell it to you, it was, cause, so you can know how bad it was. It was like, I've got a question for you. How come the chicks never get the lyrics to do? And then I didn't know what to say after that, and mm. so I said, I've got a question for you. How come you're sitting here watching me do something really bad? And I just like, it was like the band went, and that was it. 
<laughs> rapper Ellie Holcomb of Rapper One. That's it. Wow. I did write a rap after that, so and left it on all the guys in my bands. Like I called each of their voicemails because um, this was before like social media days, and so I left yeah. like a voicemail message of a of a good rap that I wrote, and that just to so try to redeem myself, but it wasn't freestyle. Do you feel like it was fully redeemed? Like that's a part of your life that is uh, like concluded. Like you you figured out how to do it, you mastered it, and you moved on. Yeah, I figured I could write one rap and then leave it behind. And, and the rap that I wrote was good. It was strong. Okay. I, I just have a sense that it probably was a good rap. Um, I still know it. And, uh, Luke, still know it. my rap. I'm not going to tell you to not do it. Um, <laughs> but if you did do it, I mean, okay, it, let me see. Well, this is just good. This is good. This is a great start. Okay. So it's my cell phone number, not currently, but it was my cell phone number in high school. Okay. Yeah. So I think it went something like four two nine forty one fifty four is the number of a cell phone be, of a tired little girl. Be assured she wants to see you, though she couldn't come tonight, and she hopes you have fun chilling, and she thinks you all are tight. I know I can't redeem. I got a question for you, but you gotta give me traffic because I'm really trying to get my groove, get my groove on like L.A. Symphony. But I'm failing while I'm trying because I'm only L.A. Been way too long. Now that I got a hold of you, I'm hanging up the phone. Peace, yo, peace, yo. I'm hanging up the phone. Oh my goodness! That, uh, that I, I've done hundreds of podcast episodes, and that is clearly the the apex, the pinnacle of podcasting. That that right there was simply Luke, amazing. I've never done that for hardly anyone, and I just met you. I just like you a lot, and we. Yeah. I look like a rapper on our Skype thing. Yeah, and, and the reason you look like a rapper is because Skype has a feature where you can blur your background. And that, with your great hat, created the rap persona, which... <laughs> we have visited fully. Yeah. yeah, wow. Honestly, I don't know if I have any more questions. I feel like we've gotten everything we could possibly ask for. The book is entitled Don't Forget to Remember. Uh, there's some music out, too. But the music is good. It's just not as great it's as that not rap not as song. great as that rap. Is that not crazy? I worked for, like, hours on that in high school, and it still is in my head, like, as clear as day. Is that, well, it's not just in your head. It, now it's now it, in the interwebs. In the interwebs. It's sh- shared with I'll the world. I'll just send and, people, when I mention this, because sometimes it comes up, I'm just going to send people to your podcast because it's the only place that it's ever been recorded. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, and honestly, I think my computer might have froze for like a second. Uh, and so I, I hope that the recording is as good as I experience it to be. Uh, <laughs> This is really what my podcast was created to do. Years ago, I thought I need to serve the world somehow, and it was brought to fruition right now. This is what I was created to do, just like Esther. <laughs> for such, for a such a time as this, I'm right here. Oh my gosh, you are awesome! Wow, that was that's pretty pretty amazing. I, I just want to say thank you. You're welcome. And um, <laughs> sadly, the podcast is only going to go downhill. It's from all here. downhill from there. Oh my gosh, yeah. love it. But. Pe- People already figured out that you're an Enneagram seven. Um, I, am a- I don't feel like we don't need to we don't need to say that because you just just showed. I just embodied that. it. I know. Yeah, just went and, for it. And I, that that's amazing. Now, one of the things that people also uh, might not know about you, and this is actually what what really got me to do the podcast, is one of my friends that uh, I work with, a musician named Jerry Yoder. He said that you, uh, I forget who you're with, but you were down at a church in Austin called Life Austin. Yeah. Um, a, a while back, and Jerry was working there. He's a worship guy there, and he said he talked to you, or he, somehow he met you, and somehow he knew a piece of information that he told me like a week ago that your father was Church of Christ, and yes. I am Church of Christ. And so yes. what I just heard in that rap was the talents that really only could have been nurtured in the cesspool of great <laughs> musical, like the laboratory of great musical talent known as the Church of Christ. So I just want to say, <laughs> I'm glad that the Church of Christ and you came out with that rap. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Yeah, he did. It's a true story. And it's crazy because it's, you know, he does, he's a music producer now. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> It's like we didn't let him have his guitar in church, so we had to take it elsewhere. He had to take it elsewhere. I will say he comes by it, honestly. Like, he really did grow up, like, I mean, I guess he went to song leading school. Isn't that what you kind of do? Sure. Um, And 
but like, and so his grandmother, like that, like his grandmother, when she passed away at her funeral, she instructed, she really wanted music to be played, but it was a church of Christ church. And so she convinced her friend to put a piano outside of the church window (laughs) and to open the window and play because she wanted music to be played so badly at her memorial service. So I guess that like spirit in him. That's there. And I guess it's in me too. Rap, even if you don't know, you know? Yeah. It's just there. It's a gift. And (laughs) that's turned you into being the musician that you are, that you uh, tour around the world from Kazakhstan. Wait, where was it? Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's not the same place. My bad. Uh, It's close. All the way. It's close. It's alliterative. They, they have the same first sound. Um, Geographically, I don't know if they're close at all, but alliterative, uh, th- that world, they're definitely close. Yeah. And it's brought you all, like today where you're in uh, Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids, right? Michigan, yeah. Is that Calvin College? Calvin College, playing a show here. Drew, my husband, Drew, and I are on a tour right now, which is super fun. And this is like one day of, one, one of the day, one of the 20 shows I think we're doing this month. One of the 20. Yeah. Okay, I had a friend who's... Um, been a in a band since he was teenage. He's been twenty years of being a musician, travels all over the world. Yeah, and he broke my heart when he told me, "Yeah, uh, touring's not as sexy as you think it's going to be. It's just a lot of like just hitting, sitting around in college campuses trying to do podcasts uh, <laughs> in someone else's office. Like it's just." Yeah, it's really interesting. I do wish, like, I think about it a lot. And and I say this from the place of like, I love my job. Like, and I get, but also, I guess you kind of have to love doing this because you are, you know, like, in a lot of gas stations and public bathrooms getting ready not brushing your teeth or washing your face. It just, it's kind of, and even if you're on like a bus tour and buses are super great, but like, you know, like it's just you, I was asking a guy who was on tour with a band called need to breathe. We were opening for them and I was like, how's your day going? He was like, different day, same dumpster that I woke up next to. Like the buses literally park (laughs) in the back behind dumpsters where you load in. You live. So you literally wake up next to a dumpster most mornings. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm not going to believe you or my friend Zach. Um, I'm going to believe the movie A Star is Born because in that movie, the touring was very like exciting and they were in the back of a motorcycle driving across Arizona. And so I, I trust a certain Bradley level. Cooper and Lady Gaga more than <laughs> yeah. you guys. At a so, Lady Gaga level, it probably is more glamorous. I think there's like private jets involved at that point. And okay. that's probably cool. Well, but I don't well, know anything about that. I was mainly like a van, Volvo station wagon for years. It was great okay. for it was great for our marriage. Now that I think about, it, I don't know if you've you've seen uh, a Star Is Born, but it doesn't end. It doesn't end too doesn't well. End so maybe well. maybe they should have been in a station wagon, was, and it would have ended better. That was the problem. That's that was yep. literally that. Sh- that was the key. <laughs> we just, we just solved the movie right there. <laughs> it and is still so sad happened. and so good. Oh, I I really love that movie. <gasps> too. Yeah, I, one of my not so great parenting moments was uh, my daughter, I have three daughters, and my wife comes home one day, and my daughters go, yeah, daddy let us see A Star is Born. And I wanted to clarify and go, no, I let him see a couple performances in the movie. I didn't let him watch the entire thing. No, we didn't, we didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good job. But, but they liked that. But you know what they else say they like? They like your new music. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That's always good to hear. I test it with my kids, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have a little like test audience in your own home, but yeah. Yeah. My, my three daughters like it. We've the, uh, don't forget to remember the first track. track. I've been playing that before we go to bed. And, uh, my, I have one daughter who has a lot of Enneagram seven energy in her. Yes. We're not going to type her at this age, but the second track, uh, very seven energy. She, she loves it. Wherever Uh, I go. Uh, you know, what's so funny. I think like maybe I've talked to like three, I I haven't talked to many people who've heard it. Uh, It's it's kind of fun to hear like feedback, but everybody that I've talked to, they're like, we can't get past track two. We just keep, they just want it to play it over. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that gets old. This, 
this morning I woke up my that same daughter um, by just throwing my phone into her bedroom, playing that song, and I just left. And then she got up and she's all happy as could be. So it's working. And the first track, uh, don't forget to remember, uh, I listened to it and I was like, this is the song. We do a, a kindergarten blessing um, every year in the fall. Oh. And we've done the Bob Dylan song, Forever Young, the last oh, couple of years. Oh, I love that. And I thought we can, and I sent the song to some musicians that, that I work with, and I said, hey, this is the song we should do this fall for the kindergarten blessing. And they're like, yes, we're in. Oh so, my gosh, Luke. We're already, that is, um, you're already like sending it out into the world. I love it. To kindergarten well, blessings. I mean, it, it's in my office, so it's not like it's that far. I know, uh, but, but it's, that's, no, but that is far. I, I, I just, I feel like that's the beautiful thing to me about music is that it's a bridge builder for people. Like it's, it's people's offices, it's people's bedrooms, it's people's kitchens. I care 0% about being like famous at all, but knowing that you're any part of like little moments in people's lives is like the most humbling, amazing thing. Really? Hmm. Yeah. To me it is. I have very little ambition in terms of career. But, but like the heart connection and connecting people's stories to like God's heart is with music is like my jam. It's what it was made for. So so you hear people telling stories and that's when you can feel like, oh, this is where like the music is doing what I want it to do. Is that how you, you sense that it's happening? Yeah. And you never know if it's going to happen. When you hear stories of that happening, I'm like, awesome. That is so freaking cool. I love it so much. Hmm. So it's really sweet to hear stories of like small moments like that. Cause that's like, to me, the whole thing it's cause all of our lives are just like all these little small moments. So, yeah, exactly. So when you're, when you're writing, are you thinking of someone in particular who you think is going to have a small moment, like with this lyric or, or you know, th- this song or whatever, uh, yeah. or you just, or, or do you think about that afterwards or is that part of your no, creative process? I, I think the, the creative process is usually like me thinking like for the kids stuff, I'm just thinking about my kids, you know, or like the kids, like we're, we're in a really beautiful community in Nashville where we like are, we just have, have a lot of families that we're like doing life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, you just cut out in the middle of that one. Um, you mean to go back now? to say it? Yeah. Totally. Let's. I'm going to turn the uh, turn the video off. So unfortunately, I'm going to lose the rapper persona. But typically, we get better signal without the video. So um, uh, parting is such sweet sorrow to rapper Ellie. Uh, but <laughs> okay. that way, this is heartbreaking to me. I'll turn this off too. Okay, okay. There we go. Is that better? What it just takes less bandwidth or whatever that makes sense skype you i don't i've been i'm always blurring my background from now on by the way um you want me to just say that again yeah well let me say this i will never think of a blurred background without thinking of you rapping so (laughs) good same oh my gosh we just dove right in (laughs) <laughs> we we really did that was good uh let's jump back to um so we, you were saying you've got this uh community that you do life with in uh nashville and you think of those kids yeah i and and really when i was like when i set out to write the book um don't forget to remember i i i just realized like i've, I've got three young kids seven four and 16 months and so like at the end of the day a lot of days um I've like lost my patience and my car keys and like we kept everybody alive, but I'm like, have I actually reminded them of the things that I like really want them to know and to remember? And like a lot of times my answer to that question is no. Cause it's like, we were like, Hey, wash your hands. Hey, go potty before we leave. Hey, you got to wear shoes. If you go outside, hold my hand in the parking lot. It's like a lot of that kind of communication. And so I just thought, man, like what you described of y'all listening to that song at the end of the day is like, like it made me tear up. That's exactly, I was just like, what if I could write a book and, and write music that, like at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, we always read and we snuggle and we sing and we pray like it's bedtime routine. And so I'm like, if I could write a book and songs that would help like kids and the adults in their lives, like that it would be like a campfire to gather around at the end of the day to like warm our hearts by God's love. That's what I want this book and these songs to be. Oh, that's that's perfect. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of like a checklist person. Like every day yeah. I have a checklist. And one of my main things that I don't put in my work checklist, but I'm starting to put like just in my internal checklist is don't mess up bedtime at night. Because that is the most special time for me. Because we have, I, I do a ritual every night with the girls that's somewhat similar to yours. Uh, my singing is less appreciated by my kids than yours probably <laughs> is, um, for some untold reason. Just mostly because I don't rap as much as you do. That's- but, um, but that, but that's what it is for me. Like, there's so we. My wife is a, a NICU nurse, and so she works a couple mm-hmm. nights a month. Uh, and so then during those nights, I'm doing everything solo parenting and it's easy to get like, so distractive. Oh, we got this to do and clean this and put this away. And then bedtime, I'm so exhausted that I'll just rush through it. And, uh, even last night, youngest went to bed first. Uh, we did like this picnic thing. And so she was really exhausted. She comes home, she goes to bed first. And then the others, we, we literally, uh, listened to your song after we read the Bible and then had our cuddle time. And it was just absolutely perfect. And it's easy as a parent to go, remember this is what's going to matter most to you. And I want to teach my kids to remember that God loves you, but even as a parent, I need to remember this is the, those moments that I'm connected to God the most. Totally, man. <laughs> I'm just, that is like exactly, that is exactly it. And that's just, that's the most, that's the gift to me of having kids is as I'm teaching my kids these things that I want them to remember, I'm usually just like needing to remind my own weary heart. <laughs> things. Yeah. And so it is like you get, you get to do it over and over and over again. And to remember that that's a gift, this isn't some chore, like this is the journey. This is the point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to like, forget this. And it like throughout the Bible, it seems one of the main issues is that people just don't remember anything. And over and over again, you, you see a miracle people forget right away. Uh, you know, the Israelites were led out of the, uh, e- Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They forget that God, oh yeah, God is the one who's done all that stuff for you in the past. Hard to forget. The, see, I know, you know, it's, it is. And you know, what's so crazy. I, I wrote a record called Red Sea Road and, um, I wrote this song about really because God met us, met our, us and like our people, that community that I was talking about in, I mean, four years of just like loss, suffering, sorrow, and mm-hmm. God met us in, I just, in ways that, that didn't like, like, I feel like I know the Lord, not in spite of that time, but I know him more because of that time. And I don't wish I would never have written the story that way, but he just showed up in like ache, pain, loss. I still have questions. Like I don't have all the questions answered, but he has been near and he's brought healing and hope through that. But that song I wrote, I wrote, um, Red Sea Road, and I was writing an article for um, Worship Leader magazine, and I got curious about the first like official song recorded in the Bible, and that the first official song that's like written down as a song in song format is the song that Miriam and all the Israelites sing after the Lord's delivered them from the Red Sea, and they're telling that story. Like, and the first line of the song is, "I will sing to the Lord." And so I do think that there is something so important for us to sing just to ourselves, to our own hearts, so we don't forget. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, this feels yeah. like it really matters. And this, you're right, it's all through Scripture. Remember, remember, remember. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that song, uh, Red Sea Road, it always reminded me of this, um, this, uh, this piece, I think uh, Anne Voskamp was her name. She wrote something like that. Dude, it all, she, that is the, oh, you're, did I'm you kidding. know that that inspired it? I listened to you on Annie's <laughs> podcast and you said that. I was uh, like, Luke, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm just a terrible uh, person. Say no, you're like not. That. that is awesome. But I, the point is, I remembered you saying about the thing about God remembering or us remembering God. Yeah. So what I did, it was kind of like Inception right there. I remembered about you telling people to remember. Anyway, yeah, nevertheless, awesome. <laughs> nevertheless. But there's something about singing, though, that does that in a way that, that, like, just reading a book doesn't connect on, like, as someone who's a preacher, like, I understand me saying these things, remember God, doesn't connect in the same way that music does. Why do you, first of all, do you, do you agree with that? And second of all, why do you think that is, if you do agree? If you don't agree, then just don't answer the second question. No, 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 I totally agree. And I, and, like, the the uh, first kids' book that I wrote is... um 
really like inspired by sort of like the creation story, but it, I heard this mm-hmm. Tim Keller sermon um, where he talks about like how some people say Genesis one and two contradict each other. Cause they're like different. They, they, they actually are not yeah. like totally the same, but he yeah. was like one, the reason he looks more at like not how God made the world, but why. And when you look at Genesis one, it's like written in the form of this archaic Hebrew poem. And so he mm-hmm. says, why would God do that? Why would he tell the first thing in scripture, the first thing of describing, you know, the way that the world was made, why would that be in a song? It is literally as if God sang the earth into existence. And why would he do that? He suggests that it's because he made every single one of us to sing the story of God's love and his faithfulness into the world. The act of singing really does help something connect from our head to our heart in a way that just reading or listening doesn't because we're participating in it. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I, and I love... Uh you know, Keller's take that it's a song for us to, to sing into, because obviously it is written with the chorus and it has like this refrain in it. And there's something about like, this is a story that they were singing. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes about like, they're, they're, they're singing a song that's different from what their neighbors were singing. Like the Babylonians had their own song, which sounded somewhat similar to this. And the Jewish people were saying, no, no, we have our own song. This is our own identity. This is who we are. And it's all about this beautiful poetry that, you know, Genesis 1, the first part of scripture is inviting us to be a part of. So yeah, I completely... It's, I completely agree with that. It's so cool. Well, and then he, like, he says too, like, what is the, what's, like, if there's a chorus of Genesis 1, it's like, there is morning and evening, and the Lord said it was good. And so you're like, okay, so the chorus is it was good. But you're like, something's off in me, like, because nothing, like, I, I'm not good. I know that I like screw this up a lot and the world is broken. But then he says, where else do we see the words in the beginning? And it's that John chapter one, in the beginning, there was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so it's through the living word of Jesus that we can be restored to sing the song that God intended us to sing. Oh, well, that's good. And you're that's like, really good. damn. I say that a lot yeah. when I listen to Tim Keller. I'm like, him like double syllable but it <laughs> does feel like something so important shifts hold on. Hold, hold on pause you say tam 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound oh, that's so funny. I, but I feel like i say that half the time when i'm listening to his sermons because i'm like oh my gosh you just blew my mind with the truth that is awesome i liked I had more of a picture of, at first it would sound like you're saying, oh, damn, which again would go back to the rapper persona, which is very, and I like the idea of someone listening to a sermon going, oh, damn, like I I think that would be pretty cool. If someone ever did that when I was preaching, be I would like, be in for that. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say that there. I haven't done that, Luke. I'm not going to say that okay. I haven't done that. But this time I was saying, Tim, and I Tim. may just say that, like if I need a cuss word, like, you know, replacement no, no. around my kids. Damn. Yeah, just yeah. Tam, yeah. I mean, we all need those around our kids because uh, you know what we want them to not remember is those it's words. So, so yeah, that's why I say things like mother, father. Oh, <laughs> mother, father. Yeah, that's that's very that's very good. Um, I'm glad you do that. Um, you can I feel like you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to edit that at all. Um, <laughs> I want that definitely in there. I feel like though you've you've pitched your first book really strong, and I feel really bad that I don't have a copy of it. I feel like I need to go fix that because your first book, your first children's book, sounds pretty amazing as well. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it, it's but, a special one. I mean, the second one's special too. Let's not. I feel like it's getting overlooked. Um, you know the what one matters as well as the, a second-born child. I don't want the second one to be to overlooked. be overlooked. You know, it's so funny. I will fully admit here, I felt like very similar about the books and my records that I made as I did to my kids. Like you have that first kid and you're like, there's no way I'm going to love the second one as much as I love this person. And then you have the kid and you're like, I love you just as much. And my heart just expanded. And that's how I feel about these books, these two little books and the kids records too. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Cause I like my second book a whole lot better than my first book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. but in your second book, there is. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in my in your second book, there's a lot of stuff about creation as it is uh, revealing, you know, the message of God's love to you. 
Yeah. And so that is exactly, they're kind of connected. They're like brother, sister, evening, morning books uh, to me in my mind. Cause the first book is sort of saying like, God made the earth and all of us to sing. And then the mm-hmm. second book, I feel like if, like if God made the earth to sing, what is the song that creation sings every day? Like, like what is he saying through creation about you and about how he loves you? And so I think my hope is like that as like kids read the book and hear these songs that they'd like go outside and be reminded because that is so, creation is such it has been such an anchor for me because I look at like dead things in the winter and I'm like, man, there are things in my life that look like that tree right now like Mm. and but because of who jesus is like that dead tree like that dead branch is not the end of the story like there is a life coming and you can't see it and it's really hard to understand it but their life is going to come come out of that tree um and so and then the light the just all the imagery with light in the stars and the sun that it keeps rising and his mercy keeps coming and the stars in the dead of night, like light is always stronger than darkness. Like, and he's the light of the world. So I just, and like, my hope is that like the whole book is like, did you know creation is talking to you? Like, so listen, tune in to that song that creation sings. Cause so many times I've been like in a dark night of my soul and I've looked up and I've seen the Northern cross, the, the constellation in the sky and been like, okay, God, I don't feel you close, but I'm looking up at these stars and stars have to break before they shine. And so I'm going to remember that like the darkness doesn't have the final word and the suffering doesn't have the final word because of who you are. That's good. Did you always have the ability to connect nature with, uh, with nature as a, um, like a revealer of the character of God or, or that God used to speak to you? Or is that something that developed, um, at some point in your life? Over time, I, I, I'd say it so over time, and especially like in high school, I, that's like my, I remember my dad taking me out and he showed me the Northern Cross and, and he told me that same story. He was like, there have been times when I've been like shaking my fists at the sky, like, where are you, God? And I'll look up and I see that and I remember like he's with me. And so um, I, that is probably like when I was in high school is probably the time where I started like, and then, you know, I'm like reading scripture and all throughout scripture. I mean, the whole book, this new book that I just did, don't forget to remember, comes out of like Psalm 19, like the heavens proclaim the glory of God day after day, they pour forth speech. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. Just poetically speaking, but also what are they saying? What are the skies proclaiming about God every day? And so I just, I love, I've always loved being outside and I feel really alive outside. And I kind of love zooming in. It's been a joy, like for little kids to do this for my kids because this has been such an encouragement to my heart to get to do that for younger kids feels really special yeah when you're talking to your kids about seeing god in creation what are ways that you're thinking of uh to help them connect the dots on that so that it maybe comes earlier with them than maybe it was uh, for you to see god in creation yeah so we talk about like this like the, the very simple act of like that light is stronger than dark and so like even like when we're in the room at night like I've had them like turn off all the lights before and one of them will have a flashlight or sometimes we'll have a candle I love candles so we have a lot of those at our house but um I'm like okay what do you see in the darkness and they're like nothing nothing at all and I'll have them turn on a light I'm like now what do you see and they're like the light and I'm like remember this guys like this is in the stars at night and I'm like look out your window do you see the moon do you see the stars yeah we see them mom Remember that there is no darkness that light isn't stronger than when you're, when you turn the light on in a dark room, like it's, that's what you see. And that's who God says that he is. So we like to, we talk about that a lot and they probably get tired of it. You know, (laughs) Hey, did you see the sun come up this morning? That's God reminding you that he's here. I, I told him literally yesterday, I love that you're asking this yesterday in the car. It was just this beautiful, we were up early getting to our very early dentist appointment. Um, and I was like, kids, look at the sunrise. God made that just for you so that you could know like that he loves you and he delight, he, he creates beauty and he made you to create beauty. 
And they're like, mom, he didn't just make that for us. Like everyone can see that. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> like, that's exactly right. That's what he wants to tell the whole world every day. And he does it every day again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, my kids are probably like, oh, mom and the They're earth. sick of it. One of my deep convictions is I want my kids to be aware of beauty because I think beauty points us to who God is. And so there are plenty of times I stop and go, look at this. It's so beautiful. Don't don't miss this. Everyone stop. Put put whatever you're doing down. Look out the window. See this. Or, you know, we're playing. Hey, look up. Look at the sunset. It's beautiful. And last night, one of my daughters pointed as the sun was setting. It was a perfect Texas sunset. And one of my daughters says, oh, isn't that so beautiful? And I felt, oh, you're actually listening. You're getting, getting it. it. You're getting it. Getting, they're and, catching it. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. Good job. Man, it is because so much of it, like I think about like how I learned to pray and nobody like sat me down and taught me to pray. My mom just freaking prayed for us all the time. Like before we left the house, when something went wrong, oh, I'm like, I need to be remembered. Yeah. I need to be remembering this too. And as I'm remembering, maybe that will help you remember. And it will help you know that it's okay, that all that we all forget sometimes. And that's okay, <laughs> too, you know? Yeah. There, there's something of being able to see both your parents' like deep conviction and commitment to the Christian way of life with you know, prayer or, or whatever specific disciplines those look like, but also them being able to see your you know, fallibility as equally part of the whole human experience and say, this is this is part of who we are as well. Like we are, uh, you know, created to be connected to God, but we are imperfect as well. And I, I, somehow both of those things have to be seen so they can have a full picture of what it means to live connected to God. hundred, a hundred percent. Like I think my, my mom and dad, even more, like you're saying, even more than like the convictions, just watching them kind of walk, um, like kind of live out and flesh out their faith just in the everyday thing, not like in really any, specifically intentional way of like, I'm going to show you how to do this. They're just doing it. But maybe more than that is them when they have come to us, um, both as younger kids and then as adults to say like, I did not do this right. Like, please forgive me. I did this wrong. And there, I think more than anything for me now as a parent, helps me know like, okay, I am not going to get this whole thing right. Like I'm going to make mistakes and I can own that in front of them and ask for forgiveness and also ask the Lord to change me. Obviously you don't just like say, sorry, screwed up again. Sorry, screwed up again. And no, you know, you want to like continuum of like being sanctified, growing towards health and wholeness. But that was such a gift. That's been such a gift for me as a parent to know like, this is not about me doing it perfectly because I can't. But God is the perfect parent. And he's really good yeah. to me and he's really good to my kids. Yeah, my youngest daughter likes to say, Dad, you're my second favorite father. Oh and I go, th- thank you. Yes, God is your your heavenly father. Um, and she reminds me of that quite often. And so hopefully that also gives me a little uh, grace because I'm like, I don't have to be perfect. You got another dad. Other dad yep, can do you got another perfect. dad. I, he is I, a I really good dad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he is awesome. a better parent than I could be, for sure, for sure. When when you're writing uh, like kids' content, so obviously the the book, Don't Forget to Remember, is also accompanied by a song, which is literally the entire book and song for yeah. me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, there are two stanzas. Like, there's always a couple stanzas that have to get left off just for the sake of it being a song. Anyway, there. But generally, it's almost the whole book. Yes. Okay. Well, I would appreciate you putting those back on because our plan was to have the uh, the book on our screen while we sing the song to our kids yes. at the kindergarten blessing next fall. So, can you have it updated Perfect. by then so that yes. we don't? Yes. I'll add in. I'll add in the two stanzas that are not. <laughs> yeah, because my because we'll have some kindergartners who are going to be furious if there's a word missing from the uh, from the book, and so we've got some real high maintenance kids here in Austin, Texas. Oh my gosh, um, that is amazing. So, Maybe you can okay, edit but, out those pages. Cool. Okay, we'll, we'll edit them out. There's a lot of things we have to edit out, like when you said damn. Yeah, uh, but I know, Tam. But it's really just Tam, and uh, so we'll say, actually, we'll leave that one in there. Okay, the idea of where I was going was, so book and uh, children's uh, music, songs for kids, yeah. uh, is the creative process different than when you're writing an old person song? I don't know what the opposite of a not a kid song, but like an adult song. Is there a different creative process, or is this kind of one and the same? Yeah, great question. So, um it is a little bit different and I'm not sure that it should be necessarily. Um, but something that I've noticed over the years of doing music, I've not ever 
set out before these two kids books and then the kids EPs. I've never written music specifically for children, but something that I noticed at all of my shows and that I hear from people on Instagram and stuff is like, Oh my gosh, my kids love your music. And so when we did make these EPs, we were like, okay, something's already connecting with just the, I don't know what it is, but with the way that I write, like that's already connecting with young, young kids. So we were like, we don't want to go too far off of like these, my kids records sound pretty similar in a lot of ways to my other records. If that makes sense. We didn't want to make it like just sound elementary for the sake of sounding elementary. We were like, something's already connecting. So we kind of kept similar vibes there, but we did have some kids sing. So I had to think about um, the things that I kept and that I did that I don't do for like my, my like artist records, Ellie Holcomb, like for all the generations records, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I would come home, I'd work on a song and I would come home and sing it for the kids once. And I just thought, for me, it's so hard for me to remember what's true, but I could remember like a thousand songs real easy. Like they get stuck in my head. And so I just thought, what if I could write God's word and God's truth into songs and let God's truth be the things that get stuck in my kids' heads? Like that feels like a really good deal. <laughs> so yes. I, because of that, I wanted the songs to be really memorable to have songs that like, okay, so I would play it for them and then I wouldn't play it. And I would see if they were singing it later on that night or the next day or later that week. And if they didn't do that, um, then I would just go, okay, I got to do better and and rework the melody and make it a little more simple. And so I I just like have that little like test audience that I mentioned in my own home. And so So you're you're going around listening to see if your kids are singing your songs yeah. throughout the day and going, oh, okay, that, that's catchy enough. Yeah, we'll, that's catchy uh, We'll enough. keep that one. Yeah. That's Isn't awesome. that crazy? So no, I have... No, that's, that's yeah. perfect. I, I do a focus group for my sermons every Thursday. And if people are listening who actually come to those, stop listening. I, I can't spoil the secret for you. But my first question I do, I, I finish this rough draft of sermon, I read it off my computer, and then I ask them, would you sum up the sermon in 15 seconds? If someone asked, how would you uh, describe that sermon in 15 seconds? And I, I write down Everyone says... And that's my whole litmus test. If they can repeat back to me what I wanted to communicate, then the sermon was effective. If it, if they don't, then it's like, well, crap, okay. I gotta fix this thing. We need to um, we need to focus in. That's so good. That's exactly so. It's just a similar thing, but with a melody, you know. So maybe what I should do is just preach it to my kids, and then if my kids are going around telling my stories from the sermon, then I'll know it's a good one. That's a good of using Adults. <laughs> yeah, you could. You totally could. I will say kids are like, I think they are a lot, they get a lot more than we um, give them credit for. And like um, Sally Lloyd-Jones, who wrote the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, she is amazing. Do you have that, by the way? Did you just I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. Okay. So she takes like the Old Testament and the New Testament stories and sort of the subtitle of that you hear in Sunday school growing up and connects each one of them to Jesus. And so it's like oh. uh, the subtitle of the Bible's every story whispers his name. It is freaking amazing. And she also has like, so it's like a picture book, you know, the Bible, but mm-hmm. then she has it printed in just a regular book that, and then it's just, it's the same text, but it's just called the story of God's love for you. Um, okay. I don't because, have that. It sounds like I need to get it though. Oh my goodness, Luke. It is. And she's the one who pointed me to that Tim Keller sermon. Cause when she tells the creation story, she tells it like this in the beginning, God sang the world into being just for the joy of it and set the whole universe dancing. Like, and she, and she goes into more detail than that, but she is so so poetic in the way that she tells every single story of scripture. And then she connects it all to Jesus. Um, anyway, good. it's I, so good. Well, it's, I think you need to poetically tell Genesis one because that's the literally the literary genre of Genesis one. It okay. is poetry. It's song. It needs to be communicated that way. So someone like you, uh, an actual artist should be telling Genesis one, not someone like me who is not a musician of any sort. So I, th- that's <laughs> spot on. Like that's it's, like I, I, it's beautiful. Be frank, like that. That's what Genesis one is asking us to do. Like tell it this way. Tell the story of creation in a song. So that's exa- no. That's exactly right. And that I mean, that's the 
the whole thing when I made that first kids book, it's like, there's no like, and this is what Sally says. She's like, there's no like junior Holy spirit and kids. God tells (laughs) us to be, God tells us to be like children. And we so often just speak down to them. But what you look at for kids, they're always standing on their tiptoes trying to see what they can't. You know, and so I, she just said, if you treat them, she always calls children her bosses. She's, she's British. She's like, my bosses are all very wonderful. They're all over the world and they're very young and they're wonderful bosses to have, but they tell me like it is, you know, and they'll tell me if they don't like something. And so she, but she always says like, you know, we, they, they understand things, a lot of things that we don't. And so we should be creating really good things for them to like, Mm -hmm enjoy and consume. And we should be helping them know that they have gifts and, and songs, their own song, even if it's not with their words, but with their actions and with, with their, with their words. And maybe not, it doesn't have a melody to it, but they have, they were created to carry the beautiful, the beauty of God and the beauty of God's love into the world as well. And I just, I love that. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. Second, second question though. Uh, first of all, that observation, that's very good. Second observation, uh, your accent is pretty good. Do you ever do any voiceovers? Because I would love for you to read my next book for the audiobook in a British accent. <laughs> in a British accent. Um, you know, I so, do, I do not. I've never done a voiceover before. Okay. Well, um, I'll have my people talk to your yeah, people. Yeah, get, her, get um, people talk. I'd be happy yeah, to fight. I, or I could introduce you to Sally and then that might be she could just read it directly herself. That is how, uh, that is how the, uh, two of my kids have really like come into their own, like anyway, understanding of the gospel and, and, and wanting God a part of their lives, reading that book. Like it is, it's been incredible. Now, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, Ellie, but we're kind of trying to promote your book. Um, so I feel like pointing people to a different kid's book is not really what your publicist people were wanting us to do on this conversation. So I love live, it. Live, live your life. Do your thing. But, do your uh, thing. Yeah. I will, yeah, I, will just, point, I will point people to that book all day long because it has been, it is inspired and like, oh, it's brought so much healing to me too. So, you know, we just share the good, we share the good things. Yeah. Share it. Share it. Share the love. That's good for you. Good for you. Well, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, obviously, we did talk about Don't Forget to Remember. Yes. The, uh, both the EP. And, I feel like I, I don't know music. It, EP, that's what it is. There's six EP. songs? Am yeah, I- six songs. So back in the day, the little EP lesson, uh, that it, it, EP stands for extended play. So when you used to buy a record, like on a vinyl, it used to only, they used to only have one song on them. And so like, you know, you just had one song per record. So when they started making EPs, that was extended play. And that was like six songs on one side. And then LP is like a full record and that's long play. And that's like six songs on one side, six on the other. I mean, it kind of makes more sense for the L to be the little play and then I know it's play. No, Again, I, I, I don't understand music. I'm I'm not in it. Uh, they don't ask me to be a part of the music industry, but uh, if they want my opinion, let it be known. I will send them to your podcast to, yeah. to, to consult. The rap producers <laughs> and then also just the big wigs should listen to this podcast because we have a lot for the We've music tackled community. all the things. <laughs> yeah. And and in uh, in honor, I guess it is your dad's mom who had the uh, piano outside of her yes piano, is that right yes her, yeah Isn't I mean, it, maybe his, we, no his grandmother his grandmother his grandmother okay yes. so she was church of christ i'm saying maybe we could extend an olive branch to the holcomb family from the church of christ that i'm a part of <laughs> maybe next time you're in austin here's here's what we could do next fall when it's time to do our kindergarten blessing and we're going to sing your song you could show up and yes uh, who, who I'm saying, if you're in I'll Austin next August, we'll make it happen. Would I need to be outside of the window? Like, we could just open no. a window? <clears throat> we no, will I put you play. in the uh, like the drummer cage that we have, because you're not <laughs> Church of Christ anymore. So we're, we'll keep you in the cage, but you're, we can still oh see you. Oh my gosh, perfect. That sounds amazing. And so hospitable. We, we usually have cage-free vocalists, but for you, we'll probably have to put you in the little it's glass chill. box. I know, I know. I'm going to need a filter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, outstanding. Well, 
Uh, all the best. Congrats. When does this stuff actually come out, the uh, EP in the book? Thank you so much. So the EP will come, the EP comes first, and that is next week, which is really exciting. I'll be, actually, okay. no, it's this week. When does this, this Okay. The podcast will be airing, uh, I think it's uh, the 24th? Okay, Monday, great. The 24th? So, yeah. the, so, so the EP comes out, it's already out. So it's live. You can stream it on Spotify and buy it in all the places, Amazon, Lifeway, mm-hmm. all the things. So that's out on the, on February. That came out on February 21st. And my book release date is March 3rd. March 3rd. First of all, I like that you talk past tense like the podcast is actually the time we're in right now. Well done. Professional <laughs> move. But then... Uh, then next week they'll go get a copy. They can pre-order the book. They can do that now. They can pre-order and, uh, the book on, on, I mean, Amazon's a pretty easy way to do it, but you can also pre-order is. on my website and you can get little packages on my website of both the actual CD. If you still listen to like the physical ones and the book together, a lot of people give them as baby gifts, you know, for, for oh, baby yeah. stars and stuff. It's fun. And That's they're solid. And we haven't talked about this Luke, but they, the book, both books are so beautiful. Like the artist Kayla Heron that I partnered with is just a, a huge talent. And I found her on Instagram. <laughs> are you serious? I did. Yeah. I searched hashtag children's illustrator and stumbled upon her work. And she is incredible. And she, um, so anyway, it's, it is a really, it's a gift to write songs and books and to see somebody like visually capture, like, your vision because I have I can draw like stick people and that's all <laughs> yeah well th- this person I, I'm looking at the uh, the images from the book and it's not stick figures they're actually full fully developed figures and they're very nice there's little yeah. creatures dolphins. they're whimsical and playful and yeah it's really fun it's really yeah. fun so I, I, I wish there was a shark in it. I like sharks a lot. That's the animal that I wish you to put in there instead of dolphins, but I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. That is hilarious because my son asked for a shark and then he rescinded his request because he was like, actually, mom, a shark might scare some kids and we do not want to scare any kids at bedtime. No, like, you know, (laughs) your kid needs to have a healthier understanding. Your kid needs to help teach the world to have a healthier understanding of sharks, that they're not these (laughs) mindless predators. No. Yeah, I know. He loves sharks. He just didn't want to scare anybody, other kids who are scared of sharks. Okay. What is, can you tell me this kid's name? Are, are you allowed to do this that? This is Huck. Public? This is my little Huck. Boy, Huck. Yeah. Okay. Ellie, what we need to do is Huck and I need to write a children's book about sharks. I've got some shark friends in Hawaii who do this for a living and uh, we'll get Huck to go fin- swim with the shark and then uh, he'll r- tell that and that'll be your next children's book. That the- is perfect. We could call it yeah. Baby Shark and there's already a song written for that, you know? <laughs> but just sing it in a British accent. Can you do baby that? Baby Shark. That, that sounds like Baby Shock. That's terrible. I don't know what that sounds like, but it sounds like a, a best-selling album to me. Um, um, I'm just in my Mary Poppins voice over here. Don't mind me. Rapping, oh, rapping Mary Poppins together. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a cornucopia of talents that you've dispersed to the listeners. And for that, we are all grateful. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Good luck in Michigan. And... Um, I hope you drop a, a, a at least a verse tonight in your performance yes. of your uh, rap. I think that would be really special. Thanks for the inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, well Thanks done. for checking yeah. out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned. <laughs>